Hello and welcome to our podcast. I'm Risa. I'm Ariana. And we're the Chromeister Sisters. As a reminder, this podcast is rated T for Teen for strong language and mature themes. If you would like a podcast which keeps it clean and keeps it family friendly, then please go on over to her's very own Unlocked. Where <laughs> I don't know what happened. I don't know why the voice occurred. Oh, I, you were possessed very I suddenly possessed. by um, an announcer. <laughs> yeah. Head on over to her's very own Unlocked. By the announcer from the where you can see for, for uh, Secret of the Old Clock. Well, you can see. <laughs> it's 1930. You can hear interviews for, from all the big wigs over at Her Interactive. <laughs> Want to hear some voice actors? Go to Unlocked. Want to hear creators? Go to Unlocked. <laughs> okay, I'm done. You changed it to a completely different voice and I loved it. <laughs> I did and I liked it. It was great. I'm saving it. That's my new favorite voice. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we going to talk about today, sister? <laughs> today? Oh, yeah. We are recording, aren't we? Yes. Uh, today we're talking about what makes a compelling villain. I changed it a little bit. A compelling villain. So yeah. what does make a good villain? That's that's the question. What? And, and first off, hey, sister, why is a good villain necessary? Well, because they drive the plot forward, first of all. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we need... <laughs> I would like for you to read your thing. <laughs> okay. Have you ever played a game and gotten to the end and the villain just has no reason to do what they do? Was it overcomplicated with no return for them? Doesn't that make you disappointed? That's because it was a bad villain. Oh no. What can I do about that? <laughs> Sorry. That. It was not very much yet. like a. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing a good commercial. So this is for our workshop. For uh, for writers, how to make a good villain? Um, yeah. If you just give us an express payment of uh, four ninety nine, or <laughs> over the nineteen ninety nine, of course. <laughs> of course, if you could just pay us nineteen ninety nine over the course of uh, you know twenty six months, um... <laughs> you too can learn how to write a good villain. <laughs> you too. Okay. Anyway, sorry. So <clears throat> I know we're we're. The voices are happening. It's fine. (laughs) A good villain also helps our story to be more engaging. So, like Ariana said, your villain drives the plot forward. If you don't have a good villain, your plot's not going to go anywhere. (laughs) And it's hard to care about the conflict if the villain has no oomph. So if they're lacking the oomph, then no one cares. And I mean, you might... let's, let's, Let's think of some... Like a, 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 a couple. Just throw a couple out there. Where you think good about villains it. or bad villains? Bad villains. Bad villains. Oh. Villains that we we just ended up not caring about the story because of them. And I'm gonna put one out there. Emily from um, Secret of the Old Clock. Not Emily. Jane. Jane. I was like, wait a Emily's second. not the bad. But yeah, guy. that was my first thought too. Was Jane. Jane. Secret <laughs> of the Old Clock. We, there's not. We just don't care, because there's, there's nothing. There's nothing to care about. There's no character to her, and her her um, motive is is foggy at best. Yeah. Um. Um. What's another one? Uh. Jeez. 
There are quite a few. Okay, there... you know what? Um, as much as I love the game, Andy Jason, I got no idea why he do he do. I yeah, he has. It's like that's a case of like the villain is severely lacking, but you care enough about the rest of the plot to just kind of accept it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that literally got saved. They got they got saved in that particular instance. But even then, do you ever think about that game and go, yeah, remember this central conflict? Or do you go, hey, yeah, remember these specific things that I got to do and see and say? Exactly. Um, yeah. Another one, um, Emily from Ghost Dogs have been like... Yeah, because she was going for like gold <laughs> i mean yeah that's the thing she had nothing really to her so there's the plot was just not there yeah basically I mean, you get a you have a flat bad guy and it really damages you know, it, it's 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 damaging to the plot it's it it's not gonna it's not gonna help us at all at all really not <clears throat> So, how do we make these villains good? What <sighs> makes a good villain? Why, thank you for asking that question. We'll tell you. <laughs> First and foremost. Reese's notes are very, like, like <laughs> selling this shit, by the way. <laughs> I was very into it, okay? I've been on pain medicine, like, all day. <laughs> oh, gosh. So... Motive. First and foremost, we need motive. The villain has to have a reason to do what they do. Otherwise, the ending will be completely dissatisfying. And I bring up Haunted Carousel. <laughs> I was going to say, <coughs> Elliot Chen. <coughs> we need to have a reason for the villain to be doing what they're doing. Otherwise, we walk out of it feeling super, like, put off. We're dissatisfied, Right. Because you get to the end and you want this great, amazing explanation, but instead it's like, haha, I was doing it for cash. Haha! <laughs> it was all for the money. But I was going to why kill did you, you need for money. money. <laughs> but why was it worth all of this? Money. Can you tell me this, please, sir? Money. Money. <laughs> that's it. So, that's. If they have no reason to do the things they do, why do they do them? We need to answer that question. When you're making a villain, you really need to ask yourself that question. Why are they doing what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in fact, that's... Uh, I guess that I don't understand um, how you can make a villain and not give them a motive. Because when I'm, when I'm writing um, anything, mm -hmm. and I have to have... When I'm designing the central conflict... It's about what the villain wants. It's not like some surprise to me. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, the villain is is doing this. Oh my gosh. It's it's okay. <laughs> I designed this around the fact that the villain wants this or 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 what or needs this. Yeah. And this is why all of these bad things happen. Exactly. I mean, and that's a, that's a huge a huge part of it. Um, is that a lot of times in mystery stories, just in general. Mystery stories are more plot-driven than character-driven. And you see that a lot in things like, um, you know, Agatha Christie novels. Poirot is mm -hmm. very plot-driven. It's not character-driven. 
Um, kind of has this little archetype of characters. Exactly. That so it's from. all about the mystery. But the issue with Nancy Drew has always been we're supposed to care about the characters. So we need to give them more of a reason. It's not the books aren't just about the mystery themselves. The book is also the books are also about Nancy and her friends going through the mysteries and having fun while doing it and getting Sundays at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so when we translate that into the video games, it means we really do need to have like good characters. And I, instead of the games being plot driven and shoehorning a villain into the plot, we need to think about the characters and why they want to do what they're doing. So yeah. that's, that's the first, first step yeah. on your way to and making you know a what? good villain. <clears throat> what helps us to figure out a person's motive? What part of them, you know, can we figure out drives them to do this stuff? Exactly. Is it their personality? <gasps> personality? Oh, please tell me more. Okay. No one is going to give a shit <laughs> if the villain is just a blank character. Again, I bring up Jane from Secret of the Old Clock because what's cooking is not a character. It's not a personality. It's not. No. <laughs> it's just a voice. It is. Okay. Um, you know, yeah. No, like. A personality has to extend beyond cartoonish caricatures and pithy one-liners. Like, yeah. you you can't just have somebody have little tiny catchphrases and be like, oh, that's personality for you. No. We no. need more than that. Seriously. And the, the personality needs to relate to the plot. It has to relate to the bad guy's motive. And that's the thing. And that's the thing. Is in a lot of these games... You spend the whole game not knowing who did it because there aren't enough clues. Because mm -hmm. these characters have no personalities a lot of the time. Because if you're playing through, um, honestly, um, oh gosh. Oh, uh, Treasure and Royal Tower. Treasure and Royal Tower. You go through that game and you have no clue who did it because no one, the only person in that game who has a fucking personality is Hotchkiss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, Lisa much. has zero personality. She is nothing. Um, similarly, uh, in in White Wolf of Icicle Creek, yeah, like I honestly, I still play it and go through going, oh, is, is it Lou? Is it <laughs> who, who could it be? I never suspect that it's it's um, what's his name? Yanni. Because. Yeah, Yanni, whatever. I, I'm going with what's his name. Because he has no personality of which to speak. Other he than hating wolves. <laughs> accent. He has an accent and he hates wolves. I feel like we're supposed to be xenophobic in this because we're like, oh my gosh, he's from someplace different. I don't know what to do with him. But yeah. and similarly, yeah. sorry. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Similarly, a good bad guy. No, uh, no wait, I wasn't done with personality. Okay. I wasn't done with personality. Uh, no, I'm, I'm on that. I'm on oh, personality. Okay. Then keep going. Uh, uh, similarly to, you know, not having a personality there and, and therefore not knowing that they're the bad guy. Um, similarly, we can't just have their personality be that they're clearly some crooked something or other like Taylor Sinclair. Yeah. Like we can't have that. That's no. not, that does not a good villain make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Twirling of a mustache does not make a good villain these days. True. <laughs> Um, but then the huge thing to me is if they don't have personalities, it's dissatisfying to you 
Because if you can't put the clues together to figure out who did it, then it's not fun. No. It just isn't. That's why things like, um, secret, um, sorry, um, Secrets Can Kill, the first Mm -hmm. one, was so dissatisfying because you never meet the bad guy until the ending happens, right? Yeah. So. I think recently I screamed at the computer when that happened. I was so angry. I was literally so angry. Because it's like, we were like, oh, which of these teens literally just outright murdered someone? <laughs> I was so ready for it to be one of the teenagers. Yeah. Like, what the but, heck, man? But the thing is, is then you do something like that, and it just makes it not fun. It makes it a not fun story to either read or play. Because you mm-hmm. feel left out of it. You know? And then continuing with both of what, what both of us are saying, then we get Secrets Can Kill remastered, wherein <laughs> they make it pretty freaking obvious who the bad guy is because they just go, his, char- his character is he's clearly untrustworthy. Yeah, it's like, pretty much. that's the personality, right? Wrong. Wrong. It's not. It's really, really not. No. <sighs> what else? What else does our villain need other than a personality and a motive to be a good villain? To be a truly good villain, I believe. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is just me. They need relatability. We need to believe that they're human and we need to be able to some way under it. This goes with having motive and having personality because if they're relatable, then we understand why they're doing what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. So, like, for example, um, how we could take a bad villain and make him relatable to make him a good villain. Mm-hmm. Elliot Chen, let's take his example again. He needs okay. money. How mm-hmm. do we make him relatable? He has student loan debt. He went to an art school. He needs to pay off his debt. So exactly. he's using his art school still, art school skills to create replicas of these masterpieces so he can sell them off right there exactly you have a motive (laughs) you have a relatable reason for it to happen and then you add in some personality in there of being able to you know feeling good about himself to be able to pass off these works you know as Mm -hmm. as the original so i mean that's how much you can change a character just by doing some simple things like that Mm-hmm. By giving them some relatability, as opposed yeah. to, you know, Taylor Sinclair, who's just a good for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like ah yes, he just steals things and trades them on the black market. Would you like some of my cookies? <laughs> I'm more that's not actually how he talks, but that's basically the impression that he leaves. Pretty much, honestly. Um. And, you know, a bonus for relatability mm-hmm. is a sympathetic villain. Yeah. Um, that's that's honestly, that's kind of a, a more common thing these days, especially, is, you know, in movies and stuff, they, they want to make the villain so that you're kind of, like, on the on the edge of, like, why they're the bad guy. You're like, like, I understand you, man. I totally get where you're coming from. I just don't get, you know, your ends. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't agree with them. So that, that honestly makes for the best kind of bad guy, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's, it's definitely very important um, for some stories. I mean, other stories, 
I don't think, yeah, it's not like, it's not like the most important thing, but it yeah. really is a very... It definitely helps. Um, it can at least help take a bad villain and make them into a good villain. Um, let's it's find another one. Better. Find another one. Um, another villain to, to correct? Yeah. Um, Who has no relatability whatsoever. You know, I was trying to think of something for, for Jane Willoughby, but it's yeah. really hard. Um, yeah. <laughs> they give us nothing. We'd have to completely rewrite the whole story. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, um, but let's... Okay, Lisa. Let's let's try Lisa. Lisa. Um, let's see. Um, Can't make her relatable. Well, no, okay. She, she, I mean, she, 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 she goes through, like, what kind of person just, you know, burns through aliases? Yeah. Like... So maybe she can give us something that's like an actual cue to her 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 backstory. Yeah, why she did like... these things, how she got where she got. Mm-hmm. She like, made yeah. several bad decisions in life. Ended up, you know, getting in with the wrong crowd. Ended up ruining her own reputation as a journalist, and has had to go through several like, like full identity changes at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's desperate for money, so she's gonna steal this fucking diamond. Exactly. See, that that's all it takes. Yep. Right there. You just That's give us a, a much God, better bad. Guy. It takes us like <laughs> no fucking time. People who spend time writing stories have no excuse, right, for writing a bad villain. Um, honestly, uh, let's take another few. Let's just let's do take a few. Um, you know, actually, Emily. one that one that does oh. do well is huh? Soren to an extent. We were just talking about Soren to an extent. <laughs> You can feel like he has some relatability. You can yeah. have some sympathy for him because he is the person who, you know, the people in the town, no matter what he does, they won't accept him as their own. No matter how long he stays there, anything like that. So the fact that he has that bu- building resentment in himself and uses it to act out to, you know, get back at them by, you know, stealing the treasure, basically, is what he's doing. At least he has that sympathy that you can be like, if only he had channeled that energy into something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You it, know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If only he had moved on instead. Like, you're just like, ah, I wish I could help you kind of a thing, but you turned the wrong way. Exactly. You can see how he got to the crossroads, but you don't, like, agree with the, the way he yeah. went. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good reason to do it. But you were yes. going to come up with Emily from Ghost Dogs and Moonlight. I mean, I didn't have anything for her, but yeah. Let's take her. No, let's, let's take let's her. Think, let's think about Emily. Um, Emily is basically, oh, I know it. Uh, oh, this is perfect. So Emily okay. has been living here for a good majority of her life. Mm-hmm. And she, before, when when the Malone house has gone, was like not occupied for so long, she lived there in the area and she was able to go around and she was finding and reclaiming things on the bottom of the lake. That's yeah. what she was doing. Yeah. Um, and then the lake gets, the that entire section of the lake gets bought up by someone who doesn't live here, who's never been around here in her life. And it gets to be this feeling of somewhere where you've called home, basically, the things you've been doing for so many years are suddenly taken away from you. Yeah. And it's that, that gives you some sympathy of, this is my my area and it has been taken from me without my permission yes a thousand Um, times yes so there's that that's how you can do that did we Mm -hmm. tap into any of that no 
No. <laughs> in in ours, in the original, in the actual story, she's just. I just find gold on the bottom of the lake, and so I have to scare her away. Yeah. Um, because I'm evil, and <laughs> that's just what evil people do. <laughs> I'm gonna threaten you with a bone. No. <laughs> That's terrifying, honestly. Um, I thought of another one. Uh, okay, Andy Jason. Andy Jason. Let's hear it. Um, the simplest little thing to just make him slightly more relatable, or sympathetic at least, mm-hmm. is, um, you know, Whale World isn't doing so great. You know, it's 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 a tiny little museum in a in a in a in a little town. Like nobody's going to Whale Whale World, so maybe he started doing all this just, you know. Literally just to finance the place that he loved. Yeah. And I mean, it's a museum. It's not the same as other, like, whale-watching tours and stuff. Yeah. He's actually trying to get, you know, give people an education about it. And so this is like a – I want this to be more like a passion project for him. And he's yeah. having to go through other means to get the cash to keep funding it. And yes, he's using the baby orca, but he is using what he knows about, you know, like – Exactly. What he knows about whales. And so he's like, okay, yeah, I know these things. And therefore, I'm able to, you know, safely train the the, the whale. And everything's great. As far as he's concerned, he's just, you know, doing what he's got to do to survive. Exactly. That like, makes sense. Right there. It's just that little bit. That really just takes it the extra mile. <clears throat> let's find, uh, let's do another two. Okay, two more. Two more. Um, or some bad ones. I'm trying to think. I'm, like, completely losing huge. Yeah. I'm just, like, there's an entire, like, oh, Corinne from Warnings at Waverly Academy. Okay, yeah, no, I was thinking about her when we were initially writing bad guys. Yeah, Because okay, Corinne is, like, she's set up to almost have a good, she, so close. So close. It's she's so, so close. close. So, in the story itself, she is trying to be valedictorian. People don't like her. She decides instead of being valedictorian, she really just cares about finding the the lost stories of Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah, that, that that's that's the canon thing she does. Mm-hmm. How to take this like actually to the next level, make her more like a human is taking it like she's bullied, and she's trying still trying to be friends with all of these girls, and in it's becoming this thing where. She's having to, um, wanting to prove herself to them by finding this thing. And in her yeah. brain, finding this thing will make her likable. Regardless like, of how she gets there. Exactly. So I feel like that would make it better. Um, instead of just, well, I gave up. I just want to do this now. Right? <laughs> you were going for valedictorian and you just, Psh, I give up. I'm going to do this now. <laughs> it's like, no, this, 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 this level of tight acidness really takes like a lifetime of of uh getting there pretty much i just i feel like they were so close to making her good relatable yeah yeah and they just another one see i found a second one um (laughs) so jane penvalin yes literally the only thing that we need to make her, aside from motive, yeah, <laughs> like that's clearly there, we need to see the relatability. So we need to see how hurt she is that her parents aren't together anymore. We need yeah. to see how 
she, we we don't need because what we get is this clearly doting stepdaughter yeah. and she loves her stepmother and so it's like okay yeah, that's a really see. great act but we don't need that we don't need that we need some like little soft moments where Even like she's talking to nancy mm-hmm. and she just kind of like we do almost get that when she talks about how her mom's an opera she's like yeah. oh yeah my mom's in 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 new york or wherever she says she is and and da, 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 da. and it's like that's almost there. We just need like some more moments of that. Even if it had just like, been like putting the pieces together. Even if it had just been notes. Mm-hmm. Um, if it had just been notes or something, that would have been fine. Like, you know, we find like a page of her diary or something and she's talking about her mom. Um, instead of, you know, something. Yeah. Or even just hearing it from someone else, hearing it from Mrs. Drake. Hearing yes. it from Ethel. From Ethel, yeah. Let's give Ethel something to do. Yeah. <laughs> Any of those things would have just made it, instead of it being at the end, where it's like, I just want them to get back together. It's like, where right. did this that, come from? Where did it come exactly. from? Because the rest that of the game, that isn't left there. Field. Mm-hmm. So. That's ridiculous. But yeah. So yeah, just give her a little more relatability, and she could be a really decent um, um, bad guy. Yeah. Okay. So, going back over it are three steps to be getting a good bad guy. Three steps. Step number one, motive. We need a motive to make the bad guy worth being a bad guy. Yeah? Mm-hmm. We need. We just need that. Otherwise, the plot falls apart. Two, we need personality. Personality. Because if you don't have a personality, no one cares about the villain. No one cares about the plot. No, one's, no one cares. The game <laughs> is just lost. We ain't give a fuck. And number three, relatability. We need a reason. (laughs) We need to be able to have some sympathy for the villain or at least figure out why they were doing what they were doing. You know, an insight into their mind. So if you just follow those three steps. And a bonus step Mm -hmm. would be a sympathetic. Yeah. Something we, somebody we can almost sympathize with and we feel a little bit bad for them. But we know that they're the bad guy anyway. Exactly. See? And with just those three and a half simple steps, you too can write a good bad guy. (laughs) Now just buy our three volume. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so that was us talking about villains. If you guys think we um, missed something. Wait, you know what? Or heck, let's do one just worst villain. Pick your worst villain out of all of them. Quick. It's like our crackpot oh. theory. We're, uh, worst I feel villain. Like we've gone over some of the worst villains. Um, My worst villain is Dwayne Powers. Go. What? Dwayne Powers. Your worst villain is Dwayne Powers? How about yours? Um, I don't know. You don't know? Okay, best villain. Oh, best. Uh, shoot. Um, I mean, for, 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 for as villainous as she is, uh, 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 Claire? Is that her name? From Claire Thornton? Clara, Clara. Thornton. Yeah. Good. Claire Thornton. Best best Sounds villain. Good. Best villain? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So Terribly tragic. Oh, okay. Tragic. Tragic helps. Tragic does help. That makes it sympathetic. Ha ha. Mm-hmm. That ties in. <laughs> so if you guys have another thing that you think is key to making a good villain, let us know on our Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, or SoundCloud. Or if you have another, if you can, if you have a villain that you want to fix, you want to let us know how you fix them, please. Please. 
I love hearing about all that. Yeah. And obviously we like doing it because we just did like seven yeah. hours. <laughs> oh, at least. At least. <laughs> um, and as a reminder, you guys can now sub to us on Twitch. So for just four ninety nine a month, you can get access to our channel emote, which is a tiny little wine glass that you can use mm-hmm. to tell us to drink while we're playing our drinking game. And you can shower us with bits, which is uh, basically just throwing change at us, which is so much fun, um, <laughs> by cheering bits on Twitch. Uh, so just to wrap it up, I'm Risa. I'm Ariana. And we're the Curlmeister Sisters, and we're asking you guys to stay sleuthy.